Just begin to thank God for today. Thank God for your life. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him for His grace. That is sufficient for you, the strength. That is made perfect, even in the times of your weakness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. For your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord, but may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that my blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit, and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place in the hearts and the minds of the people of God, sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father this morning. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? And if your voice is yours, you can add a shout of praise to it. Hallelujah. All right. Give me a smile. Give me a smile. All right. Now, laugh at the devil. Laugh. Laugh. As I always say, the harder you laugh, the bigger your victory. Laugh at the devil. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. We thank God for this morning. And for the fact that he has actually taken us through 21 days of fasting and prayer. Let's put our hands together for ourselves. Even if you didn't fast, you put your hands together. Hallelujah. Yeah. And we are going to come full circle today. Amen. Yeah, we are going to finish it with communion, a communion service. And as I keep saying, every day we have communion. For this church, our policy on communion is that the only requirement you need to be able to partake in the communion is for you to be born again. Hallelujah. For you to have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Simple. Finish. There's no other requirement. No need to go through some class or something. Just born again. Simple. That's what qualifies you. Amen. Right. And as you all know, um, I mean, today we are not fasting till six. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know you are happy. <laughs> we are not fasting. Oh, no. You. <laughs> yeah. So immediately after the service, we are going to do the grand breaking of the fast. Hallelujah. So we are going to have Sunday brunch here. So please, today, nobody should go away. Hallelujah. We don't have 12 baskets. We don't have 12 baskets to take food away. So just stay and, you know, let's fellowship. Breaking of bread is a very powerful doctrine. It was one of the essential things the early church did. Hallelujah. So it's good to, today, you talk to somebody you've never talked to before. And you can even share a plate with the person. Charlie, let me see how big your... Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so let's stay around and fellowship. And then in the evening, somebody say in the evening. Yeah, we are coming back here. Hallelujah. So today, after us, we are not taking the chairs away or anything. We are leaving everything here like that. We are coming to crown 21 days of the boss agenda, prayer, fasting and prayer convocation with a worship night in this place. Hallelujah. Yeah, if you like what you heard today, or even yesterday night, come tonight. Hallelujah. Throughout the 21 days, we've been meeting 7.30, but tonight is 7 o'clock, all right? 7 o'clock to 9. 
just come and lift up your voice there's a lot of power in worship amen somebody came to tell me that during the fire rally we had in december you know that worship night most of the time i ask people to write a prayer request put it in a, in an envelope and come and drop it on the altar and we worship over it and trust god that as we lift up his name he's intervening this gentleman had finished school he he did uh, dietetics and he was even yet to he had written his licensure exam but he hadn't even gotten his license to practice and what he wrote was that he was looking for favor where a job was concerned and they called for an interview they were looking for two dietitians in Kolebu the whole of Kolebu they were looking for two dietitians and many people applied people who already have their licenses like they have licenses some of them have been practicing small small else he had now written his licensure exam he didn't even know whether he would pass or not but he went for the interview and of all the people among the two he was one of them that was picked hallelujah so god can do things worship is a very very powerful thing hallelujah so come and lift god's name ahead of the victories that you are believing god to give you in 2017 2018 hallelujah all right so we'll see you here tonight are you ready for the word of god are you ready for the word all right now um life is a very interesting thing okay life is a very interesting thing um, i gave some pictures to be projected can i have the first one instead of starting with the scripture i'm starting with the picture it's all part of it all right so look at this picture if you were celebrating your birthday or somebody came and said and took one of these or even three or four and gave to you what would you do you may take it and decide to throw it back at the person you're like what is this <laughs> it's dirty looking thing ah, if i pass behind there i can get 10 of them why are you giving this to me if you really think i'm precious to you why are you giving this to me all right but let's see the second image how many of you will like this one if somebody came and said oh i have two of these for you how many of you want this one receive it in jesus name oh only the christians received it i said receive it in jesus name <laughs> yeah but if they give you this one you like it won't you yeah the first picture i showed you was gold ore It was gold ore. It was gold ore. But it wasn't looking like this one. So how many of you want this one? <laughs> Give me the second image again. So the gold ore became this. And the difference between the gold ore and this beautiful one that we are showing you here is one word. It's called process. Everybody say process say process the gold ore had to go through a certain process for it to become like this let me have the third one and let me see how many of you want it let me have the third one how many of you want this one? Oh, i expected more excitement how many of you want this one receive it in the name of jesus and as the last said it to be fully sponsored <laughs> hallelujah yeah so this third one also came from the second one that i showed you and in both cases, the difference is process. 
Hallelujah. The title of my message is The Power of the Process. The Power of the Process. Most of the time, we have an end in sight, but we are not ready for the process. Between the dream and the realization of the dream, there is a process you need to go through. And it's not all the time that the process is comfortable. That gold ore that you saw had to go through fire. Somebody say fire. You had to go through fire. Very hot. Hotter than normal fire. To melt it, to do all kinds of things. They had to extract impurities out of it for it to become this nice, shiny thing that we all desire. It was a process. And from the second one, which was just a gold bar, and most of the time that is how gold is sold, to this or these beautiful rings was another process. The gold bar had to melt it. It had to go through fire again. It had to be molded. At certain points, you have to hit it. Hamite. Hallelujah. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you today is that God deals with people in processes. We like events. Oh, it has happened. I'm happy. But before the event, there will be a process. Hallelujah. Some of the fires you are going through, some of the heat that you feel in your life, some of the seemingly unfortunate things that happen in your life are all parts of the process God is taking you through. Hallelujah. Some of the hammering, some of the hard hittings that you have experienced in life are all parts of the process of getting you to where God wants you to be. Amen. I pray that in this year 2018, God will give you discernment enough to know when it is a process that is happening. Because the truth is that sometimes we bind demons and it's not demons. The problem is not demons. It's a process. Sometimes it is a cross you need to carry. You have to carry it. Some of the things that we are casting out demons from people, it is a cross. How can you cast out a cross? It's a cross. The person has to carry. So I pray that you will have the process at the back of your mind so that when things are not going well and, and, and life seems some way, you must know that it is possible it is all part of God's process for my life. Hallelujah. The difference between a Rolls Royce and let's say um, somebody should give me an example. I don't want to mention any <laughs> Tata, yes. The difference between a Rolls Royce and Tata is not the symbol you place on it. It's not the, the, the sign. It is the process the car is going to be. As for the symbol, anybody can take and put on it. You can take a Tico and put a Rolls Royce symbol on it. You can take a, 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 a Daewoo and put a Mercedes-Benz sign on it. That doesn't make it a Mercedes-Benz. The difference is the process it has gone through. The difference between any normal suit and let's say a Hugo Boss suit is the process it has gone through. So the quality of your outcome in life will be determined by the processes God will take you through. And I pray that God will give you the grace to be patient when he's taking you through the process. Oh, as for labels, anybody can put a, a label. Ah, even in ministry, your outcome is determined by the process you go through. It's not the title you carry. 
It's not the fact that you call yourself reverend or you call yourself pastor or you call yourself prophet. As for the title, anybody can take it. Nobody can come and fire you for deciding to call yourself something. But the question is, what process have you gone through? What have you seen? What have you experienced? What have you learned? What have you picked from God in the place of prayer, in the place of the study of the word? That is what makes you a servant of God. Hallelujah. As for the label, anybody can, can, can put a label on something. Give me the next picture. Let me show you how, how easy it is to put a label on things. Look at somebody. I see him from the back. Laptop. And look at what you're saying. An apple that has been bitten. In fact, Africa is a very, very nice continent. It's only in Africa that you see things like this. <laughs> he has pasted the apple thing on it. But that doesn't make that laptop an apple laptop. Hallelujah. Today I pray that God will give you the grace to embrace the process. And to illustrate the power of process, I want to use one character in the Bible. And that is Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Give me Genesis chapter 37. Let's start reading from verse 5. So those who are waiting for a scripture, now you have a scripture. Genesis chapter 37 verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren. And they hated him yet more. Next. And said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. Next. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. Next. And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Hallelujah. I believe we all know the story of Joseph. Joseph was one of the youngest sons of one of the patriarchs. That is um, Jacob or Israel. And he loved Joseph above all his children. The Bible said he loved him because he was the son of his, his, his old age. So he loved Joseph. And I believe prophetically he had picked up that he was going to be the next in line. So he used to show him a lot of favor. And, you know, there was a lot of favoritism in the system and all of that. So naturally, the other brothers got offended. And we all know that Jacob gave Joseph what we call a coat of many colors. It was a special kind of coat. He made one and gave it to Joseph. And in fact, that coat of many colors was symbolic of being the heir. That means... He was going to take over. And that was what began the cycle of Joseph's process. The fact that he was given the coat of many colors. It sparked hatred in the hearts of his brothers. And that was what started the process that Joseph had to go through, which finally culminated in him becoming a high-ranking official in the land of Egypt. And we all know, I don't want to, I'm summarizing it because I don't want us to read the whole thing. We'll have communion, so I don't want to take too much time. We all know that Joseph's brothers conspired and they sold him into slavery. They put him in a pit. And when they saw some Ishmaelites passing, the Bible said they sold David unto them. So David was taken to the land of Egypt. And then this coat of many colors, which started the whole process, they desecrated it, they destroyed it by putting a goat's blood in it and went and deceived their father. 
that an animal, a wild animal has caught your son and killed him. And Joseph went into Egypt. And because there was a lot of favor upon his life, this favor began to speak. Suddenly Potiphar took a liking to him. Potiphar was like a general in the um, Egyptian army. Being a general in the Egyptian army in those days was a very big thing. Because Egypt was like a superpower in those days. The biggest and strongest economy in terms of civilization, technology and everything. Egypt was sitting on top of the world. He was a general in the army. And Potiphar liked him. He gave him control even over his treasury. He was controlling his money and things like that. He had favor. Suddenly, this same favor that made people like him made Mrs. Potiphar like him in a perverted way. I always say sometimes there are interesting manifestations of favor. Sometimes when the favor of God is upon you, it manifests in strange ways. This same favor that makes everybody like him, it made Mrs. Potiphar like him in a perverted manner. Attempted seducing him. Joseph was smart enough to know that, look, I can't shortchange my destiny with a few moments of pleasure. I pray that that mindset will be in you. And you will not shortchange your destiny. And she had evidence because she had his, yes, his shirt. But he said, this is evidence. They threw him into prison. But you see, when favor is upon your life, it will continue to speak in spite of where you are. Whether in the pit or in the prison, the favor will still speak. The favor started speaking and they made him overseer over all the prisoners there. By the same grace that was upon him, he managed to interpret the dreams of the butler and the baker and it came to pass. And by that same grace, we all know what happened to Pharaoh and I'll come back to that. That ended ended up um, getting him out of prison. You realize that from the time he had a dream till the realization of a dream, it was a long process. When God calls you or God gives you a dream, most of the time he won't give you the process. He didn't dream about a pit. He didn't dream about a prison. He didn't dream about Potiphar's wife attempting to seduce him. All he saw was the end. As for the process, you will have to live it. Hallelujah. When God called Moses, he told him, I am calling you for you to go and speak for my people to be delivered. He knew that at the end of the day, the people were going to be delivered. But he didn't know that there would be a red sea. He didn't know that the people were going to be stiff naked. That the people will murmur and torment him to the point where they will cause him to be so frustrated that he would disobey God by striking the rock instead of speaking to it. And he himself will not enter the promised land. He didn't know that. But it was all part of the process. Somebody said the process. So as for the dreams, as for the ambitions, God is going to give them to you. But he won't show you the process. The processes will work themselves out. You will live out the processes. It is up to you to be able to discern that this one is part of the process I have to go through. And there are certain processes you can't run away from. If you have to come to the end of the dream, if you have to come to, the, to where you are supposed to be, you must definitely go through that process. Hallelujah. And as I gave you the example of the gold, sometimes the processes can be uncomfortable. Those who preach that when you come to Christ, everything is supposed to be okay. That is not Bible. Sometimes God will take you to certain places and through certain things and you will never understand. 
but it's all part of the process. Sometimes there are certain kinds of sufferings that you suffer. That is, somebody came. You know, sometimes we, 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 we do logical and emotional arguments instead of biblical arguments. The person said, will God allow you to be unwell or sick as a way of teaching you something? He asked, will you give your child sickness or will you allow your child to be sick because your child has disobeyed you? I said, no. I mean, I will not do that. I was like, yeah. So nobody should ever think that God will allow somebody to be sick in order to teach him something. I told him the same way that I will not give my child sickness or allow my child to be sick in order to teach him a lesson. In the same way, I will not kill my children for lying. And I said, Ananias and Sapphira. All I was trying to tell him is that you can't, don't think you have figured out God completely. Hallelujah. Yes, it is true that when we become born again, God brings us into his class. But within the class, there are levels. Hallelujah. Let's not talk as if we are God. When we go to the ye are God, note that it is a small g. God, the big G God, it actually means the self-existing one. You and I are not self-existing. Somebody can decide that you will not exist again in the next second. So though we are in God's class, those of you who are students, the classes in which you are, you are in the same class, but you all know we are at different levels. There are people who are praying to pass, just get one or half mark for their head to cross the line. There are others who are dreaming of distinction, others are dreaming of credits. So even within the same class, we are not on the same level. So we are in the same class with God, but we are not on the same level with him. Hallelujah. I'm not on the same level with him. The fact that we are in his image doesn't mean we are him. As I keep saying, a baby is not a miniature adult. When you say a baby, it's not a mini adult. There are differences. They all have two hands, they all have two legs, everything, but there are differences. We are like God, but we are not God. So, we can't pretend to understand everything he does. And the Bible has stated clearly that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we don't think like God. Sometimes the, the things he does, you will not understand. And you have to understand that you don't understand. Christians have to come to that point that I understand that I don't understand. Simple. And it's a lot of peace. Because we question God when certain things happen to us. Ah, why is it that this thing happened? Why is it that this exam, the result didn't go too well? Why is it that I had to do a year again? Why is it that this happened in my family? Why is it that this happened? His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. We can't be God. If, you, if, if really you are, you are like God, then you to create a moon and let's see. If all of us really... As some people make us say, we are in God's level. Hey, we are like, oh, we are God. If everybody decides that the one moon is not enough, me, like I want 16. So 16. Della decides he wants 4. Alpha decides he wants 20. Everybody's like, the whole sky will be full of moons. <laughs> then create a human being and let's see. When God was going to create a woman, he put Adam to sleep. Do you know why he put Adam to sleep? He didn't want Adam to know the formula. 
If Adam knew the formula for making a woman, trust me, by the time God turned his back, Adam would have made like seven different shapes and colors for himself. So he decided that you, you better sleep. <laughs> better sleep. Different shapes and colors for him alone. And God comes to us and you say, oh, it's for comfort and company. Double C. <laughs> So his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So when you are going through the process, it might manifest as betrayal. Just as Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. He knew they hated him, but he didn't think it was to that extent. When you face betrayal in your life, people you trust and they stab you in the back, just understand that it's possibly part of the process that God is taking you. They sold him out. Threw him into a pit. Some of you, you've experienced pit moments in your life. When you're in a pit, eh, you can't turn left, you can't turn right, you can't climb, you can't go down. It's like your life has come to a standstill. You feel like your human rights have been violated. How can me, a human being, be thrown into a pit like I'm some animal? How can I be sold like I'm some commodity? And sometimes that is how the process manifests itself. Betrayals, pit situations. The pit is also dark. There are times in your life there's darkness. You, you don't have any sense of direction. In a pit, you can't tell where is north, where is south, where is east, where is west. But it's part of the process. Everybody say the process. They sold him and took him into. Egypt somebody misrepresented him he was thrown into prison sometimes you experience prison moments in your life you'll be under one kind of bondage or the other but as I always say a lot of great people their greatness is preceded by a jail term when you look at most of the political leaders and their freedom fighters, Kwame Nkrumah went to jail before he became president. Robert Mugabe went to jail before he became president. Mandela went to jail before he became president. So some of the bondages that you experienced in your life, they were just to usher you into a period of greatness. When you finally break out, your greatness is going to begin to show some of these processes you must go through them you have to before you get to the end or before you come to where god has actually shown you or what god has shown you you must go through them let's read john chapter 4 verse 4 john chapter 4 verse 4 jesus was moving from judea and he wanted to get to galilee but this is what the bible is saying that and he must needs go through Samaria. Let's see how the NIV puts it. No, this is five. I want the four. 
He said now he had to go through Samaria. You see, this might seem like a normal thing. But if I give you the history behind it, you realize that Jesus going through Samaria was a very uncomfortable thing for him. What I'm trying to tell you is that in the process, there are times God will take you through an uncomfortable route. You must go through a certain route you don't want to go through. There's a reason why you had to do a first degree before you came to do medicine. You had to go through a certain Samaria. There's a reason why you had to go through that relationship that didn't work. It is a Samaria you had to go through before getting to the Galilee. Now let me give you the history and you understand why going through Samaria was a difficult thing for Jesus Christ. In the first place, the Samaritans and the Jews were not on talking terms. Samaria was in Israel, but they were like in Israel, but not in Israel. Why? Because some centuries before, some Assyrians came and conquered the 10 northern tribes of Israel. And when they conquered them, they brought in Gentiles to come and mix with them. And these Gentiles settled in the place that became Samaria. They intermarried with the people. So the Samaritans were like, they were not pure Jews. They were like a mixed breed. So the Jews didn't consider them as pure. They didn't consider them as clean. And because they came from pagan religions, they came and introduced some of their pagan worship and things and added it to the Judaism. So they had a very interesting kind of religion. They, they were still doing the God's thing and still doing God. And you know, it was a funny mixture. And they had very interesting ceremonies and all of that. So the Israelites considered the Samaritans unclean people. So it was unheard of for you to see a Jew talking to a Samaritan. You are not supposed to talk to them. In fact, in those days, when a Jew tells you, you Samaritan, it was considered an insult. And the Jew tells you, you Samaritan. Don't go and tell somebody that you Samaritan. <laughs> Say, you Samaritan. It's, it's, it's an insult. It's considered an insult. And so, give me the, the next image, the, the image, the map. I want to show you the journey Jesus Christ had to take. Now, Jesus was in Judea. He wanted to get to Galilee at the top. But there was Samaria in between Judea and Galilee. The normal route for Israel, for the Jews, was that they would go east, pass through Perea. In fact, cross the river Jordan, which is the blue line that you see there. Pass through Perea, pass through Decapolis, and then enter Galilee. Because they didn't want any interaction with the Samaritans. That was the normal route. That long route, to crossing the river twice, even though it could have just gone straight like that, they didn't want any interaction with the Samaritan. So they'll move east, cross the, 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 the Jordan, move to Perea, enter the Capolis, cross the Jordan again, and then enter Galilee. That was the normal route because it was steeped in their tradition that a Jew must have nothing to do with the Samaritan. But there was a woman inside Samaria that needed an encounter with Jesus. That's what the Bible said. Jesus had to go through Samaria. There is somebody you had to encounter in that thing or that place that you went to and that is why God allowed you to go through it. It is a Samaria. It is a Samaria. Aside the fact that traditionally it was wrong to 
What made him more uncomfortable for Jesus was the fact that he wasn't just a Samaritan he was going to meet, but a Samaritan woman. Man of God. Going to meet a woman. Not just going to meet a woman, but by a secluded well. Alone. With her. And not just any Samaritan woman, but a woman with a reputation for snatching men. Told her, you have had five husbands, even the one you are with now. That means the woman knew how to attract men. Her problem was that she didn't know how to keep five. And the one she's with now is not her husband. So imagine, one, going through that route. Two, going to meet a woman. Three, a woman with a reputation. Four, in a secluded place. But he had to go through it. And the end result was that this woman had an encounter with Jesus Christ and she is on record to have been the first Gentile to have proclaimed the kingdom of God. First Gentile was this woman. Jesus had to go through it. There are some places you definitely must go through. There are some situations you definitely must go through. And I pray that when you are going through Samaria, you have the grace and the, and the, and, 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 and the enlightenment and the discernment to know that this is Samaria. When you go through Samaria, you mustn't stay in Samaria because that is not your final destination. The final destination is Galilee. Galilee is waiting for you. In ministry, sometimes you go through Samaria. Oh, you are meant to be this great worshiper. You are meant to be this great man of God, this great preacher. But your Samaria will be that you too, you have to back people for some time. When you see people like Joe Metal and they have reached where they are now, they didn't just jump from Judea to Galilee. They went through the process. Somebody say the process. Joe Metal started off as a drummer. He used to drum for people. So while he was drumming, he was learning how to timing, how to do the praise well. I hear the best praise leaders are people who know how to drum. So those of you who lead praise, go and learn how to drum. You sharpen your praise leading skills. He drummed. And then he started backing people. Some of the greatest Christian musicians we've had in this country, most of them, Joe Metal has backed them before. He backed Neokine, he backed Dan, the late Daninete, all of them, he was backing them. It was a Samaria he was going through. Hallelujah. Learning the ropes, learning the skills, learning from the very best. Until finally God said, it is time for you to reach your Galilee. It was his faithfulness to the process that has made him who he is right now. I pray that in ministry, you will be faithful to the process God takes you through. Don't be in a hurry to come to the forefront all the time. There is a process you must go through. Those who have gone through the process and those who have not, the difference is clear. Look at Saul, King Saul, and look at David. Saul didn't go through any process. God just picked him because Israel was giving them him pressure. We want a king, we want a king. God said, okay, if you want a king, let me just pick a king and give to you. And we also have Saul messed up. But David went through the process. In fact, David was not anointed once. Saul, he was just anointed and he sat on the throne. He wasn't prepared. He hadn't made up his mind to even become a king. He was just going to chase a missing donkey. And they caught him on the way and said, Hey, you, you are anointing you as king. No wonder he messed up like that. But David, they anointed him not once, not twice, but three times. The first time David was anointed, he didn't sit on the throne. He went back to the back of the desert to go and lead sheep. And in leading the sheep, he was learning how to 
be a boss over people. How some of them can be stubborn. And he has to use the shepherd's staff to discipline them, bring them together. How to fight and liberate his people, to stand in the gap for his people. Because he said, the lion and the bear came. I pursued them, I caught them, I smote them, and I released the lambs. He was learning the ropes. The second time he was anointed, he wasn't sitting on the throne. He was anointed as leader over some people in, Ju- in Judea, in Judah. And it was the third anointing that actually made him king over the entire nation of Israel. So God works in processes. He works in stages. You mustn't be in a hurry. You start to work immediately. You want to be the boss of the place. Learn the ropes. Learn to understand the people. Learn to take instructions. If you want to instruct people one day, you must learn to take instructions. Hallelujah. There is a process for everything. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to go through it. God does a lot of things in stages. Even healing, there are times where he heals people in stages. There was a man who came to Jesus. He laid hands once. He said, I see men as trees. He said, come, come and get a second dose. Pa. Now, how do you see? He said, I see men clearly. Stages. You have to bear it in mind that that is how God works. Things don't just happen. It takes time. You want to be a business guru? Start with some small business. You won't start and immediately you have a one million dollar business. It won't happen unless you are doing drugs, you are selling cocaine or something like that. Start with something small. And with God, when you are faithful with little, he will trust you with more. He will trust you with more. So Joseph went into the prison and while he was in prison, Joseph was never bitter. You see, sometimes when we are going through the process, we become bitter. We disconnect from God. Joseph never disconnected from God. He still kept his relationship with God even though the things he was seeing in his life at the time had no correlation with the dream that God showed him. He still maintained a constant relationship with God. He never murmured against God. He never criticized God. He never complained. And he never neglected his gift. If it had been somebody, you go to the prison and somebody comes and says, I had a dream. You tell you, please, do you know what brought me here? It was a dream. I don't want to hear anything about dreams. I don't want to have anything to do with dreams. Please, take your dream, carry and go. He still remained faithful to the gift, even though he was going through something. So don't neglect your gift when things don't seem to be going right around you. There's still something in you, something unique, something God has given you that no one else has. Keep it, nurture it. Let it continue to grow inside you. Even though you are not seeing the end result like you expected, it's all part of the process. I'm going through the process. He interpreted the dream for the butler and the baker. And he told the butler, when you go, remember me. This butler went and conveniently forgot that he had made a promise to Joseph. But you see, it was all part of the process. Sometimes you expect certain things from certain people and it's not happening. And you you are so mad, you are so bitter. But it's all part of the process. Hallelujah. There's something we call divine timing. Really, think about it. 
do you think the butler really had a chance of convincing Pharaoh to release Joseph? When he's supposed to have wronged his general's wife and she had evidence to that effect, what was the butler going to say? What was the butler going to say? That king overruled the desire of Potiphar, overruled the desire of your general. The king was him on what basis? Because he interpreted my dream. Who are you? You are just a butler here. If he has interpreted your dream, why should I release him? There was no way the butler would have succeeded. Hallelujah. So sometimes you must cut people the slack. You expect so much from that uncle. You expect so much from that relative. He's supposed to take care of me. He's supposed to do this. And he seems to have forgotten. It is all part of the process you have to go through. It's all part of the process. He never stood a chance of convincing Pharaoh to release Joseph. Until one day God decided to create a situation. And God is going to create a situation that will give you the chance to come out of the situation you are in. God created a situation. Gave Pharaoh a dream. Not once but twice. And when God says something twice, it means he's serious. It's established. When God says verily, verily, it means you must look at that thing well. God, he doesn't speak twice. When he speaks twice, it means it's a serious matter. He gave the dream twice to Pharaoh. And the thing became a serious matter. The man was troubled in his spirit. I need an interpretation for this dream. They called magicians. They called what? 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 None of them could. Then, it was time for Joseph to show that which God had given to him. I pray that the time will come when you have the opportunity to show that thing that God has placed inside of you. I don't have time for us to read. But when he mentioned Joseph to Pharaoh, they sent for the prison, to the prison. They said, go and bring him. And Joseph did something that you might think has no significance.